Hi, and welcome to the Global Changemakers course on menstruation, sexual and reproductive health. This is episode 8, which is about the reproductive organs and the role they play in our reproductive system. Hello everybody and welcome to the next lesson of our SRHR course from Global Changemaker. Today we are going to talk about reproductive organs. Um, we're going to look at this together with Xiaomi and me, Laura. I am 22 years old from Switzerland and I'm a 2016 Global Changemaker and a SRHR activist. Hi everyone, my name is Shomi Hassan Choudhury. I'm a water sanitation and hygiene activist from Bangladesh and I'm a 2016 Global Changemakers Fellow. All right, so let's get started with the male reproductive system. As you can see on your screen, there are two diagrams. One is the uh, male reproductive system in the front view and the other one is the left side view. Now let's get into the detailed functions of some of the key parts of the male genitals, including the penis, urethra, scrotum, testicles, epididymis, and vas deferens, as well as the seminal vesicles and prostate gland. Let's look into the penis first. The penis is the male sex organ, which during puberty reaches its full length. In addition to its sexual function, the penis serves as a portal for urine to escape the body. The penis is an erectile organ. It contains erectile tissue with numerous blood spaces. So when the blood spaces are filled with blood, usually when um, the person becomes excited, the penis becomes erect and hard. Um, the penis has three main parts, as you can see in the diagram. The root, which is the most proximal fixed part of the penis, which is um, located in the superficial um, perineal pouch of the pelvic floor and is not visible externally. Then comes the shaft, which is the long free hanging part, which is the main body of the penis. And at, at the end, there is the glands, which is more known as the tip or head of the penis. At the end of the glands, there is a small slit or opening through which urine or semen leaves the body. A rigid penis is much easier to insert into a female's vagina during sex. When it's erected, the muscles contract and force the semen out of the body. Now in this next figure, you can see some of the other male reproductive parts more closely, which we will be discussing in a bit. Um, the penal urethra, for example, this one runs through the center of the penis and goes all the way up to the bladder. The bladder temporarily stores the urine and also helps in the expulsion of urine. The urethra is the spongy channel, a tube that carries urine from the bladder to outside of the body. In males, it has an additional function of ejaculating semen when one reaches orgasm. Now let's talk about scrotum. Scrotum is the bag of skin that holds the testicles and protects them. The scrotal sacs lie between the thighs. The development of the sperms requires a temperature lower than that of the body. And this is why the testes lie in the scrotal sacs, which are outside the main body. So the human scrotum has a lower temperature than that of the body. The scrotum hangs in the front of the pelvic region near the upper thighs. And then comes the testes. The testes are also called testicles. These are two small oval shaped organs, very small, and um, they're very important in the male reproductive system. As I said before, they are found inside the scrotum. The testes are responsible for making millions of sperm cells and are also involved in producing a hormone called testosterone. Testosterone is really important in puberty, for instance, in developing muscles, 
facial hair and deeper voices that many males reach during their puberty and it also stimulates the protection the production of sperm um and lastly the epididymis is where the sperms mature there is one on each side the two vas deferens tubes are necessary for the transporting of the of the sperm and the accessory glands include the seminal vesicles and uh, the prostate gland which provides seminal fluids to lubricate the entire ductal system and nourish the sperms to form the semen so the sperm and the seminal fluid is what make semen and that's what comes out as one ejaculate so i hope that now you're a bit more clear about the different parts of the male reproductive systems um, system and their functions now i'm going to talk to you a little bit about the potential problems that might occur in the male reproductive system well the first one is very common which can happen to anyone which is um you know causing injury to your genitals which um might happen while you are playing an extreme sport or anything of of contact um and then you may also catch infections in your testicles prostate gland epididymis etc uh, you may also get sexually transmitted infections if you're not careful enough there might be uh, infertility issues or erection problems such as impotence uh, or your um, testicle can get twisted inside the scrotum cutting off the blood supply which which can be a serious issue and worst case scenario there can be testicle uh, or prostate gland cancer but of course this doesn't happen to everybody and these are all treatable if if diagnosed early on now what are some of uh, ways to protect your male reproductive health the first one is quite a uh, common sense which is protecting your genitals while you're playing contact sports for example and uh, just being being a bit more aware and then in terms of reducing uh, your chance of getting sexually transmitted infections you can use condoms during sex or you can reduce the number of your sexual partners making sure that your sexual partner doesn't have a sexually transmitted infection and then if you smoke then it's a good idea to quit smoking because smoking is injurious to your reproductive health as well um and of course if you notice any abnormality um in your you know reproductive system or in your everyday life for example maybe at night you um are urinating a lot you can't control or you feel a burning uh, sensation or pain while urinating anything of that sort you you might want to seek medical attention immediately Uh, now as you complete this lesson you can get back to this slide to try to label these diagrams to see whether you remember which part lies where and also maybe you can talk to a friend and just discuss the different functions of each of these parts um and also at the end of this lesson there is a slide on extra resources where you'll find a few videos um that you can watch to learn more about both the male and female reproductive systems so that's all from me now let's go to laura to get to know more about the female reproductive system now we will talk about the female reproductive system here you see a side cut so this would be the pussy and this would be the belly And the most important parts is here, like the uterus, the ovaries, the vagina, the vulva. Um, it's already clear off and is conception now. And um, the vagina is actually not the visible part of the female system, um, but it's the vulva. And the vagina is only the way from the vulva to the uterus. Firstly, we're going to talk about the uterus. So here we begin the vagina, the entrance to the uterus, and 
the uterus is this part here. And it's made up out of two parts. So we have the cervix, which is the down part. And what it is here for, it is to um, facilitate the entrance of the sperm to the uterus. Then we have the upper body of the uterus, which is here to create the fetus to it's where the fetus will produce until it's a child, uh, until pregnancy. Then the endometrium is kind of that whole part, the inner part of the uterus. Then we have the ovaries. The function of the ovaries is to produce uh, the egg and also the hormones. And then we have the fallopian tubes, or also called the uterine tubes, which its function is to just transport the eggs that are created in the ovaries to the uterus. It is also um, in the stage where the egg is in that fallopian tubes where it can be fertilized. So if in that stage here, um, the egg needs a sperm, it can be fertilized. And then once that it came to the uterus, it will connect um, itself to the um, to the body, to the lining, and then it will start to produce there, to develop there. Then some anomaly that exists for the uterus are these ones. The most common are the septate or the decornuate. So how the uterus is produced is actually it develops. It's actually that when you're a fetus, um, it develops in two stages. Um, you can imagine it a little bit like here, and then before you're born, the two um, the two parts they fuse together and they create one uterus. But sometimes misformation can happen during that stage. And I already mentioned the two most common are the septate and the decornate. In the septate one, from the outside it looks normal. It looks like one uterus. But if you look in the inside, so the 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 whole room, the space in it, um, they didn't they didn't fuse together, and they kind of create two separate parts. Then the decorniate, um, there we see that from the outside they didn't from the outside already it doesn't look normal. Um, they didn't fuse outside together, um, but they have two endometrial cavities. The endometrial cavities are the the inside holes. Um, then we have the unicornate. This is when actually only one um, half has developed um, and the other one just in the side. Then we have the arcade. This is actually a little bit disputed if it's really an anomaly. Um, the difference between that one and the normal one is just that the endometrium cavities um, are smaller than usual. So that is if it's less than one centimeter big, it's an arcade. And then the last one is the dittlefist, and this is when the two parts remain completely separate. So we see really down here that there's two entrants. There's not one entrance like in the septet, there's really two entrants, they still two separate parts. So this misformation, uh, malformation, they happen, I already mentioned, when you're a fetus. There's not really symptoms to them, so it's really hard to, to know if you have one of these um, malformation. What happens sadly is that there's uh, a lot of miscarriages later on. Um, so there's actually only around five percent of women that show such abnormalities. But twenty-five percent of women who 
have miscarriages are women who have one of these malformations. It's not so because you can't see it apart if you have a miscarriage and there's more in-depth analysis of uterus. Um, there's also not really a way to, to treat them. Um, and it also doesn't mean that you can't get pregnant at all or that you can't have kids at all. It's just there's some higher risk of miscarriages when you have one of those anomalies. Okay, now let's come to the other part, um, to our beloved vulva. Um, important to know here first is that the vulva looks really different from person to person. Just how we have different faces from person to person, and um, everybody who carries a vulva, its vulva will look differently. But how is the vulva constructed? So, Firstly, it is to know that the vulva, however I mentioned, is everything outside, and you rarely find a, a picture that really illustrates the vulva how it is because of the clitoris. But we will come to that later. Um, so this is why maybe you find it a little bit strange to see this picture here because usually the picture looks a little bit different because the clitoris is seldom um, illustrated. But let's come first to the other parts, so here we see the labia. There's two, we have two labias. We have the uh, big ones and like smaller ones. Um, and they're just here to kind of cover the entrance so that not everything enters the vulva. Then we have the entrance to the vagina. This is also where the hymn is found. Um, the hymn is that part that you see that should say you can see the woman is still virgin or not. Um, so the part that makes the bleeding and your forced intercourse, but actually this is not really true because the hymn is not a wall. It is a membrane that kind of closes up the entrance a little bit so not that not everything enters, but it's never a complete wall. You can more imagine it like a half moon, for example, but this membrane is stretchy and movable, and already the membrane itself, like the thickness, the, the thickness of the entrance varies from, from vulva having person to vulva having person. And then if you do activities like sports or you masturbate, um, it can stretch out already that that hymn, that membrane. So that it doesn't always mean like not every woman bleeds when you have the first intercourse depending on that size of that membrane. But then you have to retract. This is very peaceful and this is connected to the bladder. And the difference between the male and female system is that um, the way to the bladder in the female system is way smaller. So if there's bacteria that are coming and transiting that urethra, they reach the bladder way faster. And this is why women have uh, way more bladder infections. And this is also why it's so important that after you have sex, um, that you go pee um, so that you kind of let flow out all the bacteria that enter your system. And then in the most important part, now let's come to it, the clitoris. And the clitoris is so important because on one hand, it is a unique organ. It is the only organ that its sole function is your pleasure. So whenever somebody tries to make you feel ashamed for masturbating, for wanting to have sex whatsoever, remember Mother Nature gave you an organ with its sole purpose to pleasure you. So you have every right to enjoy that, that organ. Then, it is also, it has a lot of nerves ending in it. So in the clitoris gland, um, which is like the tip of the clitoris, there are 8,000 nerves ending there. That is twice as much as in the penis. That is why you are so sensitive there. 
And this is also where most women experience their orgasm. And um, more women need clitoral stimulation than vaginal stimulation to have an orgasm. First, vaginal stimulation in itself doesn't actually exist. That is, the why this uh, name exists is because for a long, long time we did not know the real form of a clitoris. Um, it was only in 1998, that was when I was born, when Helen O'Connell found out um, the true function and form of the clitoris. Uh, because actually, the clitoris looks like that. So it's not just the tips that we see, not just the glands, but it's that whole body. And what we see is that the entrance to the vagina is surrounded also by the clitoris. So the positive feelings that you feel when your vagina is stimulated is actually also the clitoris that you feel. So that too is a clitoral stimulation. But since most nerves and in the glands of the clitoris, it is there where you are most. One more context. Um, actually, the clitoris and the penis are constructed very, very similar. And this is why, because the female body is kind of the base of the human body's construction. And only later on is the Y chromosome constructed. And the Y chromosome is which makes a male body, male body. So every penis was once a clitoris, and then only later on in the development of the fetus is the penis created out of the clitoris. So that was it for this course. I hope you learned enough about reproductive organs, and I hope it was interesting. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and until next course, bye guys. Bye. bye.